Welcome to Estradile Illusions. So we're in the middle of our Slam Dance 2021 coverage, but as fate would have it, because this year has been totally all over the place for uh, films and film releases, we have a film from Slam Dance 2020, and uh, one that I really, really loved, uh, and I'm so excited to have. We have the co-directors, and uh, the film was originally called Thunderbolt in Mine Eye. I'm sure a lot of our trans listeners can identify with uh, the film had a bit of a name change. Now it's called Young Hearts. It's still the same great film. Uh, Zachary Ray and Sarah Sherman, do you want to tell us a little bit about the film? Sure, kick it off, Sarah. Yeah, thank you. We're happy to be here. Um, Yeah, it's about a a 14-year-old and a 15-year-old who kind of strike up a a first-time relationship. They're neighbors, and the 14-year-old Harper is also the younger sister of of her next-door neighbor who she she falls in this relationship with. Um, It was our kind of take on really trying to get a, a sort of a authentic look at, at what those kind of first love interactions are like at a really awkward time in your life um, when when you don't know how to talk smoothly and don't know what to say. And um, that was that was what we tried to do. So the thing that really struck out at me about Young Hearts when I first watched it was uh, it you know, there's a lot of a lot of high school narratives out there. This one really felt like it was written by an adult who understood what it was like to live in that era, you know, w- with the understanding that, you know, a lot of these things like first love and all of that, they feel like they're just the most important thing in the world. And yet, as you know, uh, most adults know that that's not really how the world works. And yet you still captured all of that energy and that angst and that anxiety in such a really beautiful manner. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think you're spot on in in I'm I'm so glad to hear that that's that comes across with Young Hearts. I was just watching a different slam dance film from this year called Teenage Emotions, and while I was watching it, I just I leaned over to my girlfriend and was like, "Isn't it amazing how wherever we're at in life, this moment is the most important?" And whether you're teenage and you have the, the outlook that you have then or you're 80 years old, it's always the most important moment. And I think with Harper and Tilly and Young Hearts, you know, Sarah brought that stuff forward so beautifully. I, I, I think it is really reflective to what to what my experience was and what that age feels like, but but doesn't demean from it. And I really applaud Sarah and her script for for giving appropriate uh you know, just, just, just respect for what they're feeling and going through without um, watering it down or, or making or putting judgments on it. Sarah, do you want to talk a little bit about your creative process with the script that, I mean, I I really, I I watch a lot of films that are in this space and this is really one of the best scripts that I've I've seen in a long time that, that really honestly and authentically, and you know, it, it feels like you weren't really holding back while still like not playing up anything for drama at the same time. Like it was very, very powerful script. Thank you. That's really kind to hear. Um, yeah, I'm, when I try to think back to the process, it, it it feels a little like like a just a hazy mirror or something. But I I do think I have quick and easy access to feelings and memories um, from when I was a teenager um, that that aren't hard for me to locate. And I didn't really know that until I sat down to write this script. But once I did it all just kind of came pouring out. Um, I was a very different teenager than, than the two teenagers we portray, but it was really easy to sub in my own, um, you know, insecurities and the way I remember kids around me talking. Um, I think 
I, along with many writers, are kind of observers by nature. So um, even at that age, I, I remember like I was a much kind of quieter, like, you know, whatever, kept to myself kind of young teenager. But I was really uh, always watching other other people really curious about like what went on and in, in their seemingly from the outside, like mature relationships. And I guess I like held on to that for 25 years because when I sat down to write this, um, this is this is what showed up. Um, I do also I live on in a neighborhood with a lot of teenagers and I've always just been kind of curious, kind of watching the way they interact, um, even when I don't know what they're saying, watching their body language. And it feels I feel like no matter where you live, no matter how much time has passed, like no matter what phones they're holding that you didn't have, there's something that remains the same about um about this, like, you can have really close friends and still there's sort of like a little bit of like a wall between you and other people at that age, at least, at least for me. Um, even when you're communicating kind of intimately, there's this like awkwardness or something. So yeah, that, that that's kind of just what came out, I guess. Well, yeah, and you also, you also did a really great job kind of capturing the sense that, um, you know, for for two people uh, experiencing, you know, uh, experimenting with a ro- romantic affection, there's all that intimacy, and yet you're also in a in a high school space where uh, one rumor catches like wildfire, and somebody has has a reputation that they they didn't necessarily deserve, and it, it it's kind of like, you know, you can't have intimacy when you're in an echo chamber, uh, hearing all sorts of things around at the same time. It's like a very weird time to try. It, it's an absolutely horrible time to like really try and start dating and yet I mean that's that's the reality of what we have yeah that's such a good point I never thought of that but that's right the age at which you kind of start to do that is the worst place it's like not a safe environment for it and um you I I guess that's kind of subliminally something that that came out in this script is just that sort of like what do you do you know like when when you want to be when you are sexually curious and when you are having a, a kind of healthy relationship with a partner but but there's immaturity and all these societal standards around you kind of forcing their way in. And I guess this is a little peek at, at something that happens there. So one thing that I think about a lot with regard to high school narratives, especially in, in sort of the, the, the modern era where, you know, a lot of these can are on streaming show, uh, streaming services without FCC requirements or their film. Uh, I always think about the first episode of Dawson's Creek where uh, there was all that huge stink at the end when they're talking about kind of in, in very coded language about masturbation. Now, here we have in, in Young Hearts, we have uh, a, a freshman and a sophomore uh, experimenting sexually. And yet it, it's so sort of like calm and, and, and intimate. And it's it's like you you you, you portray it in a way that's like. You know, and and also with regard to you know some of the characters uh, smoke pot at times. It seems like the approach you took was was not like to say, oh, you know, kids shouldn't do drugs, you know, all of that, but uh, just just to 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 really hit home with uh, how kids actually live. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, that, I, I I'm kind of blanking in this moment. Zach, do you have anything to say there? <laughs> Well, no, but I think I think I appreciate so much of that vantage, Ian, and I and I think you're spot on. And it comes back to what I said a moment ago about Sarah's script. I think she's really giving respect to this age and not filtering it through in some way that we see so much on formulaic TV and, and movies. And I think that's what really attracted our two leads in Quinn and Anjani when they first read the text. They said, "This is." 
so true. This is so reflective of my life. This, I want to do this. And I, and I think it's for all those reasons that it's not being, they're not being talked down. They're not being put in boxes. They're being allowed to decide to have sexual relationships and explore that in a, in a calm, decided way. And we are just flies on the wall as, as the audience watching them come together and, and, come, you know, fall apart. Um, but that's the joy that we have as, as filmmakers is just really engaging in those moments, letting them live honestly and truthful and uh, seeing what comes up. And, and it's so exciting that the film's releasing and people are going to be able to be a part of it and, and we can share it with them as well. And one of the kind of the, the beautiful things about watching Harper's arc is like it, it, it's really kind of about a, a young girl uh, learning to, to find her own sense of self-confidence. She stands up for herself. There's teachers who kind of don't necessarily want to hear a girl who's talking about, uh, you know, being politically active or talking about uh, uh, women of color being marginalized. And yet over the course of the narrative, we see somebody who's kind of like shy, being used to kind of following her older brother's lead. And yet she's she's really coming into her own. It's 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 impressive. And I, I mean, you're also you're you're showing a narrative that's really only six months long, and and to, to have that kind of uh, progress that feels authentic and powerful, uh, it, it was really it was a very satisfying story to watch. Yeah, I mean, thanks again, Sarah. You should be replying, but I'm just going to echo those praises of you, Ian. That's all Sarah's script. That's all Sarah's mind, and it's it's wonderful stuff. I think that there was, yeah, I agree. Thank you very much. Um, and there was like, like I kind of said, like my high school experience was really different from these characters, but I think some, some core aspect of who Harper is, um, is, is a part of me as a teenager being a, being a quieter person who like also knew I had a lot to offer. I just didn't know how to offer it yet, or I hadn't found the people to offer it to. And so I think there probably was, I mean, I'll, I'll say like when I write, it's sort of just like a big vomit splat that comes out. I don't really think much about it. It just, this is the draft I wrote. This is what we, what we filmed. But I think there probably was subliminally some sort of like, you know, it, it felt, it felt good for me to kind of give this person this little arc of coming into their own because you know, my real coming into my own wasn't until I was 24 or something. So, you know, it, it felt um, rewarding for me to kind of show that like a person who isn't the stereotypical, maybe like lead character in a, in a young romance story um, can have this kind of uh, uh, identity and, and just sort of confidence on their own. I wanted to ask one thing that really stuck out with me the second time I watched it was uh, the way that you use sound to, to really uh, enhance the power of the film. There's like a lot of you use a lot of great music in, in a lot of scenes. But when you have Harper and Tilly and they're alone together, like it's often like when they're not speaking, it's often like it sounds so quiet. You could just like dro hear a pin drop. And to me, it, it, it kind of it, it captured the the anxiety that is kind of like an undercurrent of, of people who they kind of both know that what, what, what the other wants. And yet at the same time, like, you don't, sometimes these things are very hard to put into words. Yeah. And I mean, that is, that's reflective of our, all of our experience. I think, I think we all know that pins and needles with the person you're pining for, but you don't know how to communicate. And if we did anything in this movie, we leaned into that, into those moments. Um, and I find that terribly exciting to watch, you know, people struggling to to deal with each other and what they're feeling and not knowing how to do it. 
Um, but I know that was my experience when I was 14, 15, 16, 17. Uh, the, the teen actors do it so beautifully. Um, and, and it's throughout the movie, you know, you progress, you watch their entire trajectory up to the peak and down. And, and these two actors do it beautifully. So I just always feel so proud and joyful to watch these performances kind of sing in, in an honest teen way. And I think what you're saying too is, is as Zach is saying, like really relatable to adults as well. Like, I don't think it's exclusive to just being an awkward teenager. Like I'm an awkward adult and still have those, those moments you know, <laughs> where you're just like desperately aware of like the clock ticking while you're in this room with someone or something. So yeah, I think it is, it's, it's a lot of fun to kind of dig into as a writer and it, it just feels satisfying to, um, to communicate that because I think in, in all in many genres, that's often kind of glossed over to kind of have these really smooth either teenage or adult interactions in which there's just this like, you know, natural like ability to kind of like shoot the shit or whatever. And that's true to some people and or some characters, but um, certainly not true to, to all of us in all situations. So it was fun for us to kind of play with that and especially to kind of direct and and, you know, continue to try to space out their words and things like that. Um, I think was um was a, a cool thing to explore uh another another powerful dynamic you you really ex uh ex expressed beautifully was um when, when people uh adults uh teenagers pretty much regardless of any age when when you're in a new relationship for the first time you feel like it's like it's your whole world and you can kind <laughs> of like drown everything else out and then you know, you have other friends, you have other uh, people you encounter with, you know, you, you kind of forget that after like a week or two, or I mean, not even necessarily that that long amount of time, other people get really tired of hearing how like happy you are, or how in love you are with somebody else. And I thought the way that yeah. you were able to kind of display that, I was like, yeah, this is, uh, this is a really good three-dimensional portrait here. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. That is 100% the reality. And I think that was fun for us too, just to like, remember how starry-eyed we are and and maybe that is a bit more particular to that age or no it isn't i think it's it's true to all of us i think but yeah that was that was a fun thing to dig and, into and you're right and those are the things that are that stand out and jump out from sarah's script that everybody reads and you just can't help yourself but laugh when you're you know going across the page because it's these really identifiable moments that we all know and have felt and sarah just bottles those things down, you know, whittles them down into these really pure, true things. So it's fun to realize that stuff once it's built on the page. And we've talked a lot about how, how great the script is. Uh, but the, I mean, the acting is also really superb. And I, I, I think your film is, is a, is a testament, uh, pr probably better than most for, for why you should cast like actual teenagers in these roles versus mm -hmm. somebody who, who kind of looks like, like my age or approaching 30. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was imperative from the beginning that we we try to stay honest to the characters and cast true age. Uh, you know, we it's it's the norm for people to be 25 and older playing 17. I myself did it. I've been an actor for 20 years. I was on a reboot of a soapy TV show and I was 25 playing 17 or something. And it's it's just silly. Um you know, the recent movies like Eighth Grade do it so beautifully. I think Young Hearts is in the same ballpark as, as Eighth Grade. Um, and that's so freaking fascinating to watch, you know, a, a true representation of that age, a, a person who's actually feeling, going through these things in their life, you know, exercising a little bit of drama and performance with it. But uh, it, it certainly 
you know, rings true and I think is the only way to do it. And that was always Sarah's order from the top. We've got to, we've got to stay true to these ages. And I think it's the right choice. Yeah. I remember, I remember, um, watching Freaks and Geeks whenever that came out. And I remember, I mean, being a younger person, but it really just floored me watching kids who looked like kids who were like, also like, you know, had these t- tiny bodies and then were in, in a high school building. And, and I'm, Zach kind of said it already, but it was really exciting to me. And, um, and I think that's kind of where this came from, where we were like, they, we, it just has to be this way, you know, and certainly it makes, um, it makes filming logistics a bit more difficult in terms of having people under 18, but it was, it felt far worth it. And um, we're glad that that is something we're hearing from people that really resonated with them. But to sing their praises one more time, and you're right, Ian, Anjani and Quinn, our two leads, are just terrific actors. And it doesn't matter that you're only 15 and 17 years old or whatever their ages were when we were filming. They're terrific and they're tremendous and they understand performance and they understand the beating heart of humanity that makes performance so interesting. And we just luck out or if we did anything right, we selected the right people. Um, And I think anybody watching the film, you know, will will connect with them, hopefully, because of their their honesty. And I think it's really beautiful work. Well, I think the casting is kind of key to the the kind of the ways that you were able to kind of play with the power dynamic. Like uh, Tilly is a sophomore, Harper's a freshman, and yet, I mean, like they're both uh, they're both kind of you know two people trying to figure this all out. It's not like uh, it's not like Tilly is some like expert in this. And if you had some actor like uh, I mean, like like Luke Perry in Nine Hundred Two One Zero is like the epitome of the cool high schooler, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, he probably would not have worked in that kind of that dynamic for the purposes of your film, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I we I loved. I remember sitting in the editing room with our editor John Michael Powell, who's who's just the best. He's such a good crafter and storyteller. But talking about how cool uh, Tilly, you know, Quinn playing Tilly was for just being this kind of alternative version of cool, you know what? A, and it's just him wholly being himself, but it's really unique and it's and it's really specific. And you know, sometimes he's got funny chipped. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Fingernails. Paint on his nails. And he's just got these little tiny flares that are so teenage 2020. Um, and uh, you can't, it's it's not canned, you know, it's, it's wholly true to life. And I think mostly what Sarah and I are after in stories is being, you know, Sam Shepard's quote, true to life. Um, so uh, that's so funny. John Michael, our editor is calling me right now. <laughs> anyway, um, that's that's what we're after. So it's fun to see these young actors just freaking. I don't. Uh, I keep wanting it sore. Um, so yeah, yeah. I I. It's just I, I was just thinking of like the just the scenes of the two of them together and uh, Harper saying that uh, she wants a beer. She's trying to get into beer. And then like there's that pause where you're like, as an audience member, you're like shaking your head. And then she's like, fine, out with it. Like, no, that's not true. I don't really like beer. It's 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 kind of it's it's a perfect encapsulation of of, of that time, and uh, I I really uh, I, I, it's one of those films that I I first saw this a year ago. I, I've been kind of waiting for it to come out, and I was so excited. Uh, it was my fa- favorite narrative feature of uh, Slime Dance Twenty Twenty. So uh, it's it's been so great to to talk with you guys and to. You know, now the rest of the world finally gets to see this. It's been, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure COVID wasn't necessarily the best circumstances for, uh, you know, I bet uh, 
must be pretty tough with all of that. But uh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're happy to get it out there and we appreciate your support. And yeah, and, thank uh, you for singing the praises. It's so sweet of you. It's so, so kind. Well, it, you know, I watch a lot of movies. They don't all stick with you. So uh, thank you so much uh, both for coming on. Uh, we're, we're, we'll link to wherever you can find the film uh, in the episode description. Uh, our Slime Dance coverage will continue. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>